Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. W-T-L. It's time! W-T-L. I think we got a show. Oh yeah, we got a show. W-T-L. And welcome back everybody to W-T-L. That stands for Where's the Line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by... Jabron. Oh, the Parley Pounder. Got it. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And now we got to get into the NFL playoffs. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty fun. Um, week 18, 17, the extra week, whatever that yeah. was last week. Uh, and then, yeah, you just dive head first into the playoffs here. For sure. Wild card weekend. Can't wait to watch it. Yes, sir. So, uh, a game that I think everybody had pegged for the playoffs. Um, a couple <laughs> teams that were really strong, you know, preseason and looking yeah. into uh, this current season. And, of course, I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns taking yeah. on the Houston Texans. That's a Saturday kickoff at 3.30 on NBC. Texans are a home dog. They're 10-7, and yeah. seven, and they are catching two and a half points. That total, Jabron, is at 44 and a half. What are your initial thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts, Andy, is that the Texans are at home and they shouldn't be underdogs. I don't understand the line. <laughs> Flacco, in his last start against the Texans, threw two interceptions, and the turnovers are going to be an issue here again, I believe. Mm. Uh, Stroud, you know, for all purpose sake, we said it last week, we're going to say it again, is the real deal. And yeah. I think they have big play potential over there. And I, I really like the way the Texans' offense is going right now, even up against a very good defense in the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, uh, Stroud really, and he, you saw how grateful he was. You know, yeah. he got kind of caught up in the moment there. Uh, and it's a different team. It's a different Texans team when Stroud is under center or in the shotgun. Yeah. But it's hard to argue, oh, Joey Flacco, the resurgent Joey Flacco. Cleveland has covered four of their last five games, ATS. I don't know if you can say the same. You could about say the same for Houston. They've covered the yeah. last four of six. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like they got this one pretty good under a field goal. Will it matter to you if it does get on that key number? Uh, like, I just like taking the points no matter what here with the home Yeah. With the home dog, Andy. Yep. Like, yep. Uh, like, real, real people got to look at, you know, if you're on the Texans, you got to look at that money line right now at a plus 120 to get mm -hmm. that you know, extra value in there if, you, yeah. if you're on the Texans. So uh, if, if you're on the Browns, take that two and a half right now because I, it, it might it might thin out a little bit. So get that under a field goal because that's probably what it's going to be. Probably going to move it's closer to that three points for sure. That yeah. totals uh, at 44 and a half. Cleveland has smacked six of the last seven overs. They're an over team, believe it or not. Yeah, and I just think that kind of plays with the Texans as well. 
Uh, like I said, Texans have big play potential with all those weapons that they have and uh, CJ, you know, going along with it. So I, I really do like the over here, Andy, even though people are going to balk at it with that Browns defense. I really believe the Texans can score points here. Yeah, and, and uh, the lines really haven't moved a lot since they opened up there uh, earlier in the week. Um, yeah. You had the total opening up at 43 and a half point spread at two. So those lines are holding tight and that's to be expected. These lines are sharp. Uh, yeah. uh, cappers have had all season to kind of measure these two teams up and they got Cleveland as your favorite on the road, but Jabron's not buying it. Yeah. Andy, and another plus money bet that I like right now is a player prop. Obviously CJ Stroud over one and a half town. Uh, passing touchdowns is Ooh. at plus 120 as well. So I really like that line uh, as, as well as the money line for Houston Texans. That's fantastic. And I was hoping you would have a couple of player props for us. I it was them. a lot of fun last week. We had the player incentive, a lot of bonuses yep. <laughs> going into that. And boy, did they cash. They did. A lot of them cash. It was a lot of fun to do that. It's uh, fun when you can get a edge over the book like that. Now, are you going to have a parlay at the end of this one or are we going to have to wait? You're going to have to wait to the last segment. I always save it for the last segment on the NFL pick. So segment four, I'll have a parlay for you. Well, let's get to it then. The uh, next game on the slate, boy, this has all the makings of an instant classic. Yeah. you got old foes coming to Arrowhead, and I'm talking about Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins, 11-6. and six. The Chiefs, 11-6. But they won the AFC West again. So they're yeah. your host. They're also your four-and-a-half point favorite boy um well i don't know jabron what do you what do you what are your takeaways on this one the reason that the line is the way it is is obviously it's in kansas city yeah. and it's going to be really really cold very there, cold. it's probably going to be a high of five degrees in kansas city as of now maybe precipitation no one knows that for sure but it's going to be detrimentally cold and very hard to move the ball. So I'm going to skip off of the Miami versus Kansas City train right now, and I'm looking at that under, Andy. Everybody has to look at the under while it's at 44.5. I'm seeing it even drop under that at some books right now. It's going to be yeah. hard to move the ball. It's going to be really cold, and there's not going to be a lot of points, I believe, scored in this game. I think that is your best bet, Jabron. We agree on something here. That total opened up at 47 and a half. And yeah, right. I'm already seeing books at 43 and a half, uh, yeah. like you were alluding to right there. And then conversely, Kansas City was only a two and a half point favorite. Now they're yeah. a four and a half point favorite. Is there a number where there's too much on the Chiefs for you to feel good about? Well, I mean, if you're on the Dolphins, you're in a really good place right now because I do still believe that they are going to be very, very competitive in this game. Yeah. It, uh, I, I see Kansas City probably winning this with a Harrison Butker field goal at the end of the game. So that would mean that Miami probably will cover here. So if, if it gets over four, four and a half and you're a Dolphins better, you're sitting in a good spot right now. I do not like the Kansas City Chiefs minus four and a half. I'll tell you that. Wow, and Kansas City's covered five of the last seven games at home yeah. against Miami, but this is a little bit different feel to it, right? Different personnel, For different sure. elements with uh, the – you mentioned it, the weather. I think that's going to hinder Kansas City's receivers, and they don't need help dropping the football. No, they We've do seen not. that all season long. Yeah, no, I think the Dolphins are going to key on Travis Kelsey like every other team has down the stretch here. And it's going to be really hard for Kansas City to score points. Like I said, on the opposite side of the ball, Miami dealing with some injuries. 
And it's going to be really hard to pass the football, especially those long shots to Tyreek Hill. So they're going to have to develop some other ways to get those playmakers the ball, A-Chain and uh, and Tyreek. I believe they do do it, but I do believe Kansas City has a major advantage with the weather and it being an arrowhead. So I got uh, the Chiefs to win the game, Miami covering. Very good. And the under, the Chiefs have been an under team as of late. The under has smacked four of the last five games, and they haven't had to deal with weather elements like this. We are looking at very, very cold temperatures. Plus, it's not a bad idea to keep the ball away from Tua and company, and that includes Tyreek Hill coming back to Arrowhead. Yeah, no, I do believe that there is some value in Tyreek here. Uh, If they do get around the red zone, Andy, Tyreek Hill is sitting at a touchdown score of plus 120. I do believe they're going to try and get him into the end zone at some point in this game, you know, no matter what, even if it's cold or not. So Tyreek plus 120 for one touchdown. I, I believe I will be put sprinkling a little bit on that. Ah, I like the anytime touchdown sprinkle with Tyreek Hill. That could happen at any moment in the game. Any yes, moment he could go off and get you get you to pay dirt. I, I do believe he's gonna it's gonna happen in KC, but it's gonna be low scoring, so not many chances. Okay, those are your two Saturday games. Should we move on to Sunday? Let's do it. This one's also going to be a lot of fun. I, the Pittsburgh Steelers bounced back. They made it to the playoffs, ended up being 10-7. and seven. Oh, yep. but they're going to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who did end up putting together a really nice season. Didn't they? They won their last five games. Went on a big run, Andy. And, Ooh. yeah, props to their whole team, uh, Josh Allen, for sure, yeah. to, you know, kind of carry them into the playoffs here. So, Really good. Yeah, it it it's been everybody was counting them out, and this was wrong, that was wrong. The field, the wheels were falling off. Coach yeah. coming under fire for something he said on tape eight years ago, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was. Everything was going down in Buffalo. But guess what? They're your ten point favorite at home versus the Steelers. That's a lot of points, if you ask me. In the NFL, in the playoffs. Yeah, Andy. Uh, like you said, everybody's looking at this as this. The Steelers snuck into the playoffs. The Bills, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. But in my opinion, Andy, uh, they're still go. The Bills are still going up against one of the best head coaches in NFL. In my opinion, Buffalo did win the AFC East, but they went seven and two at home this season. It it is tough to look at this matchup and you know see positive for the Steelers, but the Bills have only won by ten points in two of their last thirteen games. Andy, exactly, good stuff. Yeah, and, and I just don't believe the Steelers. They're going to grind it out. They're going to be in the game, Andy. I, I, I'm taking plus 10 for the Steelers all day long. This is playoff football, and you yeah. got one of the best playoff coaches on the side of the Steelers. It's, it's going to be a good game. I do believe that the Bills probably win this, but it's going to be a really good one. I mean, even last week, Buffalo had to catch some breaks. No doubt. Pull off that victory. It's not like like you you made a great point there. They've only won so many games by 10 points or more, and it hasn't been very many. Now, this under, it's moving down like all the other games we're talking about. I believe I got 36 right now I'm seeing on yeah. some books. Believe it or not, Pittsburgh's gone over for the last five games, but that hasn't been the case when they play the Buffalo Bills. And the yeah. Bills, for whatever reason, they are an under team. Seven last 10 games, they've smacked the under. I I, I really think this is too low, Andy. I do believe really? going with the over. It, make sure you get it the best you can. If this gets down to 34, 35, something like that, 
That is a good number. I like 36, though. I'm going over on that, especially just because I believe somebody's going to have to score late uh, to, you know, break this kind of tie. I believe it's going to be a little bit of a, I won't say shootout, but at least 36 points worth of a shootout. Uh, Josh Allen can score the football, and it's it's been seen that the Steelers team can score. So everybody's looking at Mason Rudolph, Najee Harris, like these guys, like they can't score. Yeah, They're in the playoffs for a reason. And, yeah, the defense is a big part of that, but they can score the football as well. Yeah, maybe a little overreaction on some betters here because that opened up at 43, now all the way down to 36. I'm seeing yeah. uh, getting that over might be the play here. And what would you you would think an unconducive spot to score points, but this is the NFL. This is Josh Allen. If there's one thing Buffalo does, it's rack up the points. And if Pittsburgh wants to be in this one, keep it within 10. I like that. They're going to have to put up some points as well. Yeah, for sure, Andy. And one player prop that I'm going to throw in there, uh, Pittsburgh has, you know, the coaching advantage, like I said, and Buffalo has been shaky with the football. I got Josh Allen over a half of an interception at minus 120. I believe he's definitely going to throw an interception. Like I said, he's going to be slinging it. And one one interception ain't going to hurt Josh Allen. He'll throw three before he starts thinking about it. <laughs> he'll have three by halftime, then he'll think yeah. about cleaning it up like we saw last week. I, I do like one over half of an interception. I, th- I do think he throws one. All right, good stuff, Jabron. Uh, real quick, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, and I'm joined by Jabron. Oh, the parlay pounder. Yes, sir. We're back. Yes, we are. We talk a little NFL to wet everyone's whistle this fine Thursday. Yeah. We got to talk a little college basketball because the old round ball, the the talk is buzzing across the Cornhusker State. um, Finally, Pinnacle Bank Arena erupted the way we knew it always could. For the first time in 42 years, Nebraska has knocked off a number one ranked team, that being the Boilermakers. First off, Jabron, you were there. You yeah. were at the vault. Just run me down. Let me. What was that experience like? What was the crowd like, the atmosphere? I want to hear it all. I mean, from the opening tip, nobody. we were about 15 rows up, and nobody wanted to sit down the entire time. Uh, anytime that we were on defense, everybody was yelling the entire time. It was just, it was just kind of one of those intensity games that you could kind of feel it walking in that, you know, a lot of people thought we, you know, had a chance to be, you know, competitive in the game. I don't think a lot of people thought we would win the game, especially by the margin that we did. So, uh, once we started hitting some shots and, you know, really shutting down Zach Eadie, was yeah. the really big thing in this game. Uh, people figured out that we could play with them, and then it just got louder from then. I had a I had a freaking headache from yelling so much. It was it was so much fun, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's going to be one that I remember for a long, long time. You know, the the Huskers won five in a row after losing to Creighton, and then yeah. Minnesota, but then they you know they bounced back and they beat Michigan State. They beat South Carol uh, South Carolina State convincingly. Yeah. And then yeah. Indiana, you're thinking, okay, maybe there's something there. 
But that kind of a deflating loss to Wisconsin, 88 to 72. But then they bounced right back and beat Purdue, 88 to 72. So this is, I think this is one of those teams that you got to keep an eye on. You don't, maybe you don't necessarily want to play them right now because they're on this high. Or is this a good time to get them? Because the game we're eyeballing right now is a Friday tip off, 8:30 p.m. versus the Iowa Hawkeyes in Iowa City. Yeah, Andy, this is this is kind of a kind of a weird game because you don't know uh, how they're going to respond after a big game like that. I was listening to Hoiberg's, uh, you know, post game last night, and he said it's it. The, yeah, this is very fun right now, but we got a really good Iowa team that we got to play in two days. Yeah. So I really do think that they're going to be ready for it, uh, and th- it's the same thing. This team is going to win on playing defensive intensity and hitting three point shots and. That's what came in droves against Purdue. It, it, when uh, Tominaga and Wilcher are hitting, we're a very hard team to beat. Yeah, and, and Tominaga averaging 15 points per game. Um, I've, you know, he's always had those comparisons to Steph Curry because he's a little yeah. undersized and he just launches the threes from anywhere. He's a yeah. volume shooter, and I don't think anyone cares. Get him no. his shots, get him his looks, because he energizes that team when the when those threes start to fall. Yeah, for sure, Andy. Uh, last night, just the whole crowd around me was like, after Tominaga hit a couple and after Wiltshire hit a couple and they threw up those kind of, you know, heat checks or whatever, everybody's fine with it. Just, yeah. you know, once it goes in or when it does go in, the place popped off. It was absolutely <laughs> crazy. And you could see that it was really getting to Purdue as well. Yeah. Uh, you Getting very frustrated when they couldn't hit shots. Or, you know, yeah. just the defensive intensity on Zach Eady was making them very, very uncomfortable. So it was a lot of fun to watch. And like I said, if they can bring that same intensity to this Iowa team, I really think we have a good shot of taking this one down. Yeah, and that is probably going to be a tight line around two points, one and a half, yeah. maybe even three, Nebraska. But it's on the road. Uh, but you mentioned the difference makers there beyond just Tominaga and Welcher hitting a couple of threes. The transfer, mask, got into Edie, giving up a lot of size, but the kid's a grinder. None of Nebraska's steam t- um, team stats jump off the page at you. They're all yeah. kind of middle of the road, but they got big bodies in the middle, big enough, bigger than they've had, uh, yeah. that aren't afraid uh, to go fight for a rebound. And I think that's what has always been lacking with this Nebraska team since entering into the Big Ten, especially Hoybrook's teams. Yeah, I, I agree, Andy. Just, it, you know, it gives us hope that we're over that and we're, you know, on to something new that we can consistently play a good team and, and be competitive. So I really like to see this bounce back game. Iowa, no slouch. I saw them earlier in the year play Creighton in Omaha, and they, yeah. they gave them a very good run for their money. Uh, they just played Wisconsin and pretty much had the similar game that we did, yeah. uh, you know, losing by, you know, more than 10 points or whatever. Wisconsin, obviously, one of the better teams in the Big Ten. But yep. I really – this Iowa team can can shoot lights out if they if they get the chance to. So, if we bring that defensive intensity, I really think we have a good chance at winning in Iowa City. Yeah, Iowa did fall to Wisconsin 83-72, as you mentioned there, but then did have their bounce-back game against Rutgers, knocking right. them up 86-77, to and they're 9-6 and overall. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know they're a quality point, uh, opponent. They usually are in the Big Ten. It, it, the whole thing, Andy, is going to be offense versus defense here. Iowa averages over 85 points a game. Uh, we only allow people to score 67 points against us. 
So it's really going to be defense versus offense here. And if we're hitting shots, I think we get them pretty handily. Got to hone in on Ben Kirkie. A young yeah. man leads him in scoring and field goal percentage. Kind of impressive when you pair those two together. Uh, 17 points per game, shooting over 58% from the field. Impressive young man and scoring talent uh, for the Hawkeyes. Got to got got to get him shut down. You, you really do, Andy. And you know if we can get those boards and you know get you know get the ball going around, I really think we have a good chance at this. Uh, they're a really good defensive team as well, only average, yeah. uh, allowing people 75 points a game. So uh, it, it's going to be a challenge, but I really like the Huskers in this one, especially with the fire that was lit under them uh, a couple nights ago. Call me a homer. I'm on the Huskers too, yeah. <laughs> especially against the Hawkeyes, right? Yeah, got to, got to. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Saturday. This is yeah. a big game. This is a fun game. Uh, St. John's is coming to Omaha to take on the Creighton Blue Jays. That's going to be on Fox. That's at high noon. Uh, what I really like about this Creighton team is they've seemed to kind of find themselves, and all their stars are playing excellent basketball, and they yeah. lead the team. Shireman still leads in scoring at over 18 per game. Trey Alexander, your point guard who can get to the rim, he's averaging five Four and a half assists per game. And then you got Cockbrenner, yeah. your big guy in the center. He leads the team in shooting percentage at 65% from the field. All yeah. three team leaders lead the team in very important statistical categories. I love the balance I always have of this Blue Jay team. And now they're getting St. John's at home. Yeah, Andy. The really thing that Creighton has to hone in on here is not looking past a team like St. John's. This is a yeah. very, very good team yep. in the Big East this year. They've taken down opponents like Villanova, Butler, Xavier, and played Connecticut to four yeah. points. So you really know this is a very good St. John's team. It's probably going to be around a five-point you know, spread for the Creighton Blue Jays. Yep. I, I, I do like just Creighton at home is such a better team than when they go on the road. Uh, the, the the environment in Omaha really plays to their strengths. Like we said about the Huskers, if they can get a couple shots going, especially with Shireman or Alexander, it, it really gets loud in there. So I, I really like Creighton here. It's going to be a really fun matchup Saturday. Uh, I can't wait to watch this one. I think I might head over to Omaha to watch this one. Yeah, you'd, it'd be worth the, the travels because uh, St. John's actually at the top of the conference, top of the Big East with 4-1 yeah. within the conference. They're 12-4, and four, uh, much like Creighton. And I tell you what, Creighton can't afford to overlook anybody. Does Colorado yeah. State come to mind? UNLV yeah. come to mind? Two teams, okay. you know, that they lost to earlier this season that they probably should have beat. I don't feel like they can uh, give any more of those games away. And the yeah. way you felt after losing to Villanova and Marquette a few weeks ago back-to-back, you didn't feel good about that, especially that Marquette uh, game where they just kind of felt like they had it the whole way. Yeah. But they had their bounce back wins against Georgetown, and I was very impressed with the Providence game. Uh, they, for whatever reasons, Providence gives Creighton problems. And this yeah. year, like none other, they're ranked. They're really darn good. And Creighton was able to hold home court and knock off the Friars uh, and then followed up with a win over DePaul. So I – I like the Blue Jays at home. Uh, being at home is probably one of my biggest factors looking at this one. Yeah, for sure, Andy. The other factor that I put in is St. John's allows about five points more per game than the Creighton Blue Jays do. If Cockbrenner and those big mm. guys come to play, really protect the rim. You saw it in the last game uh, against Providence that Cockbrenner in the backup center really 
they didn't get a lot of blocks and stuff, but they yeah. altered shots and got the rebounds with Shireman. Shireman's an excellent rebounder as well. Yep. So if we can play a really good defensive game, those shots are going to fall. I really like Creighton Blue Jays here at home to win. I, I do too. And, and if that point spread gets too far out there, yeah. uh, I'll, I'm not afraid to bet St. John's because I know no. how Creighton likes to keep things tight and keep people in their seats there. I, I just know it's not going to get extended too much because yeah. they have really good wins at Villanova. Like I said, played at Connecticut to four points, which is probably, you know, in the running for maybe the best team in the nation right now with the top three teams going down in this week. Should we look at another Saturday game here Let's out of the Big 12? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're heading to the fog. Alan Voghel, uh, where the Kansas Jayhawks are licking their wounds after losing last night to Central Florida, 65-60. to I don't think this sits well for Oklahoma. Yes, they're a top-10 team, but Kansas, oh, you know, once every four or five years, they'll lose two games in a row. I don't know if they're going to allow that to happen uh, this week, this Saturday, primetime, 1 o'clock, ESPN+. And you also got a rival coming into your building that's actually leaving you for the SEC here in a season. This has the makings of a great Big 12 basketball game. Jabron, what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts, Andy, is that Kansas is not playing very good basketball right now, mm-hmm. even with their 13-3 and record, Andy. Yeah. I watched the game a couple nights ago versus TCU yeah. when they just snuck out the victory, barely snuck it out. A couple late calls that didn't go TCU's way that <laughs> I thought really were – on the fence if i'm being nice to the kansas people they also have a very slim win against an indiana team that we just saw probably isn't up to snuff this year to indiana standard the other thing that i look at on this is oklahoma just beat the crap out of iowa state and what did iowa state just do they just took down the number two team in the nation in houston the other night so i I think this Oklahoma basketball team is playing really, really good right now. And I think this might be a little bit too much for Kansas to, you know, take on when they're, you know, down right now. They they just lost to a really bad UCF team and almost lost to TCU. So I think this might be a little bit too much to throw at them right now. Yeah, TCU, that was a great game. I'll, I caught a little bit of that one, too. 83-81 was the difference there. And they barely got by UConn just a few games prior to that, which yeah. UConn, give them their props, they're a top-five team. So they are. we know Kansas, they got the athletes, they got the ability, but something just isn't clicking for the Jayhawks. Yeah, no, I don't th- – and like like you said, we're not going to be surprised KU comes out and, you know, makes an example out of Oklahoma and, you know, just kind of riles them up. Uh, I just don't see that happening. Oklahoma's very yeah. good defensively, only average, uh, only uh, giving up 63 points a game, and they score over 80 per game, Andy. They can really score the yeah. basketball. So I really like this game to be competitive. If KU is favored by more than five, I'm hopping all over the Sooners. Uh, I, I really like the Sooners, and I would like to see what the money line is going to be closer to game time on Saturday because I might, I might take a flyer on that one. There you go. There you go. OU. OU on the road. My yeah. goodness. My goodness. In Lawrence, Kansas. All right. Let's take a quick minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Stock and Rod Company, an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure. Whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. 
Visit StockAndRod.com to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL, Where's the Line, Nebraska's First and Only Sports Betting Show. I'm your host, Andy Classen, joined by Gibran, oh, <laughs> the Parlay Pounder. <laughs> you got it. We're back. We're back. We're back. We are, and we're, we're right in the middle of the show. And before yeah. we move any further ahead, let's take a look back. And go over some of those hits and misses. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got to look back at what we did right and, you know, kind of give some heck for when we did it wrong. So hey, Yeah, you know, if you don't pat yourself on the back every now and then, yeah. right? You got you got to love yourself before anyone you else. <laughs> Only one way to do that in this game. <laughs> right. And that's cash and tickets. Well, yeah. let's start off with that highly touted AFC East game. Uh, yeah. Buffalo Bills were going to... Uh, Miami, where the Bills were a road favorite, two and a half points. We were split on this one. Yeah. I went with Buffalo. I think you might have went the other way. Yeah, for sure I went the other way. I just thought Miami at home for the you know division title, uh, I just really thought that they would come out and play a lot better game. Uh, the, the Bills played a really good game. Both quarterbacks threw two interceptions, so that goes as far as it. You can do it. But, uh, yeah, no, that was a good pick by you. And I think I was a double loser on this. I thought it was going to go over, and it got nowhere close to that 48 and a half. So. No, I didn't. It was kind of an ugly game. You mentioned yeah. the interceptions. Uh, and I watched that whole thing unfold, and I was thinking the whole time, like, Miami can't feel good about this because Buffalo just keeps turning the ball over in the red zone, and they're only beating them by a touchdown. Right. And then he had that punt return, and, and the, the momentum just flipped. And – Buffalo, give them their credit. They've now won five in a row heading into the playoffs. They really have, and it's—I mean—they're—they're they're rolling right now. And we talked about them in the last uh, in the first segment that uh, they're on a tear. So, yep, better get ready for them. Well, they're on a tear, but we're on a tear in college football. Yeah. Uh, throughout the playoffs, really, and we had two championship games that we went over, and one of them made a gutsy pick. Both of us agreed. South Dakota State would yeah. cover. What was that? 14 and a half it got up to over Montana in the championship game. They took care of business 23 to 3. Jabron, you were all over it. Yeah, no, I really thought that they were going to score a lot more points than that. Got to give a little credit to Montana keeping that score so low, only, you know, right above three touchdowns. But that South Dakota State defense showed up like we thought it would and really didn't let them have anything other than that field goal. So, yep, got, got them by 20. Easy cover there for us. And then, of course, the big one, the national championship. Michigan was able to flex that Big Ten muscle. The spread was at four and a half. They had no problems covering that. No, uh, Penix Jr. looked like he did all he could do to, you know, kind of keep him in the game. But it just did not work out for Washington. Michigan's in a different caliber class, I would say. So I think that was kind of one of the easier picks of the weekend. and, And we were both on the right side of that one. Yeah, just that, that Michigan pass rush, I thought, was the wow. difference. They were able to get through uh, and disrupt Washington enough. I really like Washington's offensive line, but they were just overwhelmed with that caliber of pass rusher, consistent pass rushers, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Number 73 on Washington has to feel so bad. I oh. got about three or four big plays called back on him for offensive holding and uh, a couple other things. So I, I really feel bad for Washington, but, you know, it's a national championship. This is the best teams in the world. Yep, yep. So, all right, well, should we look ahead to the NBA? We have to. We have to, Andy. Okay, let's start with the Friday tip-off. We're talking about the Sacramento Kings taking on the 76ers. You know, for all the flack that people want to give Philadelphia, they're yeah. always there. They're always in the playoffs. And they're always one of the favorites to come out of the East and represent the, the Eastern Division in the in the championship. So you really can't get too far away from the 76ers regardless. Now, looking at Sacramento, uh, they last played yesterday, Wednesday, I think it was, yeah. where they were an 8.5-point favorite. Easily covered that over Charlotte, winning 123 to 98. So how do you measure this one up? Because it's going to be in Philadelphia. Yeah, a couple things you got to look at here, Andy. The biggest thing of the entire game is will Joel Embiid play? Mm. He's been out last couple games, uh, and and they just aren't the same team without him, obviously. He's an MVP caliber guy. Uh, Like I said, dropping games to Utah, New York, and Chicago. This is stuff – that the 76ers do not do when Joel Embiid is in the lineup. He's averaging 35 points a game, Andy, shooting over 50% and almost 12 rebounds. This guy is a monster when he plays. It kind of sounds like they're going to keep him out maybe another game. So before putting any money on this one on ESPN in primetime on Friday, make sure that you know if Joel Embiid is playing or not. Like you said about Sacramento, though, very, very – uh, very good team. Fifth place in the West right now, Andy. 23 wins, 14 losses. Yeah. Very good team, Andy. They got they got stars across the board with De'Aaron Fox almost averaging 30 points a game. And Demonis Sabonis, one of my favorite players in the league, <laughs> averaging 13 points, uh, 13 rebounds a game and over 10 points a game as well. So it's a, it's a very fun matchup, but make sure you know if Joel Embiid is playing or not because that makes the whole game a lot different. It always comes back to Sabonis when we're talking betting NBA. <laughs> yes, it does. I always take his double double for sure every night, yeah. and you know he's a, he's a he's a shoe in for some triple doubles as well, averaging seven point eight assists as well, leading the team in that as well. All righty. Well, should we uh, talk about another Friday tip off? Let's do it. The Pelicans are heading on over to Denver to take on the Nuggets. Nuggets 26-12, sitting second in the Northwest Division right now. Yeah. The Nuggets are going to be favored. The question's going to be by how much. Yeah, and uh, in in, uh, injuries play a huge one in this one as well, Andy. Uh, Zion Williamson has been day-to-day, so one of the best players in the league, for especially for the Pelicans. But I, I really have to go with Denver at home here. Uh, yeah. They just got too much going with them. Jokic is playing out of his mind again, averaging 25, 11, and nine assists as well. Leading the team in all statistical categories is the MVP. And the Nuggets, they don't drop too many games at home. It it almost feels like a college atmosphere, the way they get up for games at home. No, it's so fun, Andy. And, you know, they they do drop a game here or there. uh, And, you know, it sometimes – you know, they, they kind of get ahead of themselves and think they're, you know, can take games off and everything. This is the NBA. They're the best players in the world. So when you look down their roster and see, you know, their last games 
You see them losing to Orlando and OKC in their past five games. You think, what the heck's going on? But yeah. uh, I, I don't see them uh, in primetime, 9 o'clock on ESPN, uh, laying a goose egg. I really like the Nuggets in this one. Like you said, uh, you're going to have to look at that spread. But no matter what, I, I like Denver. All right. Well, should we look ahead a little bit to a Saturday tip-off? That's the one. The Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, are heading on over to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Uh, and, and I mean, the Warriors—they're just—are they just old? Did they get old? They're seven. They're two games under 500, 17 and nineteen, sitting fifth in the division. Guess who's not fifth in their division? Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks. They're sitting first in theirs. Once again, you got to feel like the Bucks are going to be heavy favorites, but by how much? Yeah, Andy, the thing you got to look at with these two teams is they've been on a losing streak, both of them. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee has dropped four of the last five to teams like Utah, Houston, and two to Indiana. Mm. Obviously, Indiana's a very good team, but uh, their last win was against uh, San Antonio, and you know how bad they are. They only beat them by four points. But like you said, flipping over to the other side, the, uh, the, the Warriors are in a bad place right now. Uh, Draymond Green is out indefinitely. Who knows when he'll be back. And like you said, with, you know, the ageism here, Chris Paul has been out as well. Uh, estimated return date is only in February. Ooh. So it's, it, they're missing their point guard. Well, they're backup point guard, but <laughs> it, it seems like it might be a little bit too heavy of a thing for Steph and Clay to hold down this thing as the only superstars on the team. Yeah, I really did like that post-game interview uh, Clay Thompson had talking about how yeah. Steve Kerr set him down and said, look, uh, you can't be hot-headed like you were earlier in your career. You're a veteran. Know where you're yeah. at. Try and coach up these young guys. Be a coach on the court. And he responded to that. You love seeing these guys, but I think Father Time's starting to kind of creep in on them. Steph Curry's still averaging 27 points per yeah. game, but I feel like those are points that teams are allowing him to have as long as they can keep everything else in check. Yeah, as long as you keep everything in front of you, Andy, and that's exactly what this Milwaukee Bucks team does. Like you said, uh, Giannis averaging 32 points a game with 12 rebounds. So, and, and don't forget their other superstar is right behind him in game time. So, I think this is a little bit too much. Uh, I mean, I I get that the Warriors are primetime players and they'll get up for this game. Right. I just think it's going to be a little bit too much, especially with Dame Dalla and Giannis on the other side. I, I like the Bucks, and probably by a landslide. I like the Bucks too, and I really like one of our sponsors, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every class. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. That's Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by Jabron. Oh, the Parlay Pounder. You got it. You got it. <laughs> now, we talked a little NFL. We got to get back into the NFL. It's the playoffs. Yeah, it's the playoffs. These are the marquee matchups that everybody wants to see. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for this weekend. It's going to be so fun. Yes, it is. So let's start with a big one. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on us. Two huge fan bases here. Yeah. And we're talking about the Packers. They're heading down to Jerry World to take on the 12-5 and Dallas Cowboys. That's a 330 kickoff on Fox. 
And the Cowboys are over a touchdown favorite. This line's at seven and a half. I like the Cowboys here, but do I like them by more than a touchdown, Jabron? Yeah, no, I think this is very inflated, Andy. Off of a, you know, off of a game that, you know, they just overmatch Washington. Uh, Washington had no chance being in that game against the Cowboys. If anybody just remembers the couple weeks before that, um, you know, Dallas hadn't cracked 20 points in three consecutive games prior to that. They certainly need to, you know, get into the end zone a few times in order to have some breathing room around this scrappy Packers team. Yeah, scrappy is a good way to put it. You know, being a Bears fan, I don't like what I'm seeing as far as quarterback development goes (laughs) from Jordan Love. That total is at 44 and a half, much like that point spread. Hasn't moved a lot, hasn't moved a lot at all. Green Bay has smacked the over six of the last games. Will the over go here at 44 and a half? I think it might, Andy. I really do. Uh, I think that, you know, the Packers have what it takes to kind of, you know, put some points on the Cowboys. They managed 24 first downs and 432 total yards, 300 of them passing against a rival Bears team that has a pretty dang good defense, I would say, Andy. Um, like you said for the Packers, though, it's been kind of a white knuckle right along, you know, home stretch for the Packers. But I, I really like them getting over a touchdown here, Andy. I, I believe that the Cowboys could win this, but it would not surprise me. Upset alert for the Packers here. Oh, man. You, you know, a lot of models that I'm looking at really has Dallas winning by more than that touchdown. So that's why the odds makers, the cappers, are trying to keep it around that touchdown number there. What you see from Dallas tells you they probably should be able to get them, especially at home. But I just, I'm kind of with you here. I like the way Green Bay's playing. Yeah, I really do, Andy. Like you said, the defense seems like it's been very much improved. And like you said, Jordan Love has been playing really, really good for the Packers this last half of the season. Uh, One player prop that I do want to throw out there, Andy, Micah Parsons over half a sack is sitting there at minus 110 right now. That should be way inflated. Uh, it should be like a minus 250 bet. Micah Parsons to get a sack, minus 110. I believe he gets that. Oh, He's going to be balling out. You've been smashing, hammering those player props. How could you go against that? And, yeah, this line opened up at 7.5, and, and it has stayed right there. Should we move on to Sunday night? Let's do it. I <laughs> I have a lot of Detroit Lions uh, fans that are buddies yeah. of mine, and they are terrified and I think they should be. The Los Angeles Rams are coming to Detroit. Detroit's hosting their first playoff game in a very long time, and they are a three-point on that key number of three. A three-point favorite. That's Sunday night, 7 o'clock, NBC kickoff. And, oh, by the way, a quarterback is making his return to Detroit, a pretty good one that left and then won a Super Bowl that following year. Yeah, Andy, this is crazy. Like, we thought that Tyreek returning to the Chiefs might be the biggest story of the weekend. It's not. This is definitely the biggest yeah. one. Uh, like you said, Stafford coming back in Detroit. Detroit hosting its, you know, trying to win its first playoff game in 40 years or whatever it is. Um, you know, the thing that I look at, Andy, when I'm looking at this game, the Rams enter this matchup fully healthy on offense, Andy. Wow. Nobody's banged up. Puga Nakua, uh, Cooper Cup. Kyron Williams, all of them are ready to go. Stafford is ready to go there. I, I just believe when they're in the lineup, they're kind of a juggernaut this season, Andy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're just going to score. They're just going to score, especially on this yeah. suspect 
Detroit Lions team. Nick has shown you more than enough that he can be a number one. We know about Cooper Cup, and when he's healthy, he's a difference maker. And the Rams have been a machine, a covering machine. Six of the last seven games they have covered, and in their way is a Detroit team. Feel-good story. I like what they've been able to do, but the storybook <coughs> might end here at home once again for the Lions. Yeah, and, and it really, really stinks. <coughs> Sorry, for the Lions because – they have huge playmakers on their side of the ball with Amara yeah. St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. The one that they're likely going to be missing this week is that rookie tight end, Sam Laporta, which has uh, been one of the best players in the NFL. So I really think that's a huge blow for them. I like the Rams getting points, man. I do too, catching those points. Even though they're on the road, even though they're on the road, they're healthy. That's a huge determining factor. Okay, let's look at Monday night. Yeah. You knew it had to happen. There's always a home dog in the playoffs, and here it is. The Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, where the Bucks are a three-point dog. Is that fair, Jabron? Yeah, no, I think I'm flipping exactly what I said on the last game. Um, I believe the Bucs should, be, should be favored in this game, Andy. Wow. Philadelphia has been taking games off as of late. I don't believe they are playing their best football going into this, and I really think the Buccaneers kind of got a little chip on their shoulder. Baker Mayfield starting to feel good, Andy. Uh, I like their offensive weapons, and their defense kind of just does what it needs to to keep them in games. Yeah, I, I've always liked the grittiness of old Baker Mayfield. And, yeah, what happened to the Eagles here? And they also they have not been covering – they have no. not covered the last six games. They used to be – last year they were a great bet to at least cover. This yeah. year down the stretch when it matters most, where have the Eagles been? Yeah, it's been crazy, Andy. And I lost a bunch of money on the Eagles last week because I just <laughs> thought that they would roll the New York Giants, but it just didn't happen. And, you, you know, you kind of got that feeling that anytime Jalen Hurts feels like he can turn it around, he should be able to. Yeah. I'm not sold that's happening. The Bucs defense really stepped up last game. I think they're going to make it hard on the Eagles offense. Hurts is going to continue to turn the ball over, and that is going to be the difference in this game. I think yeah. the Bucs win this game. Ooh. I think they cover the three, though. I think they win, though, Andy. And I didn't want to say it. Taking home a playoff victory. Oh, I love that. I, I didn't want to say it. A lot of the point predictors, scoring models, actually have Tampa Bay winning this by about four, four and a yeah. half points. So it's very curious that the line actually has the Eagles as favorites. And yeah. by the way, Tampa Bay has been covering for the last five games against the spread they have. And you mentioned the defense of the Buccaneers. Husker shout out, Levante David. Woo! I think it's like his 15th season in a row with over 100 tackles. Still getting it done. Still one of the best in the league. Love Levante. He's the man. How about real quick that total at 44? Yeah, Andy, uh, I do think it's probably going to go over. I think that, you know, the Bucks get a couple early touchdowns here and the Eagles are going to have to try and play a little catch-up. So I do believe it hits the over. Um, I think it's a little low for these two caliber teams. All right. Well, we've waited all show long. You are the parlay pounder. Yeah. Jabron, do you got a parlay play for the people? It's wild card weekend, and I have to go with my position, wide receiver. I'm calling this the wide receiver number one parlay. I got Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. We'll have over five and a half receptions. I got number one receiver Cooper Cup of the Rams. We'll have over 
five and a half receptions. And then to round it out, I'm talking about my guy from the Buccaneers, Mike Evans will have over four and a half receptions. You put all three of these together, 25 bucks will win you 125. Man, you've been hammering the player props. Now you're letting that player prop get its way into your <laughs> parlays as well. You got to. I love it. I love these three receivers. And if these teams want to win this weekend, they're going to hang heavy on these guys. So I love the catches. Uh, they're going to be targeted a lot this weekend. No, I think that makes a lot of sense, even though that that receiver swagger never really leaves a guy, does it? It does not. It's the way that we're made <laughs> and the way that we continue to live. I got, I, hey, I have no arguments. I, I know <laughs> what type of uh, receiver you were, and the guys you mentioned there, I think they can accomplish that. 25 to win what? 125. Nice. Gotta love those odds as well. Love well, it, love it. That'll about do it for us this week, folks. Be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri Cities Radio and their Facebook page. Also, our Twitter and YouTube channel. Just look us up, WTL Sports Betting. We're right there. And those two channels, mediums, are expanding, uh, Not maybe not faster than the universe, but right there, right behind it. Right there with it. Can't wait. <laughs> and then you're also holding down some picks, some daily picks over on TikTok. For sure. Make sure that you uh, check in on WTL and TikTok before primetime games, especially NFL. We love getting a player prop or two out there along with parlays as well. So make sure you check us out at WTL on TikTok. For Joe Brunt, the parlay pounder, I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL. Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.